morning everyone and a very warm welcome to worship with Paisley St George's on a very cold morning. Welcome if you're present in the building, welcome if you are at home, welcome wherever you may be and tea and coffee are served in the large hall after worship if you're in need of a wee heat by then and I'll come to the intimations proper later. Praise the Lord, he alone does these wonderful things. Praise his glorious name forever. May his glory fill the whole world. Let us praise the Lord by standing, if able, to sing hymn number 334 on Jordan's Banks. Hymn number 334. do now? Their candles. 
Can you think how many we should like today? How many did we like last week? One. So how many should we like today? Two. Two. One. We add one on every week as we count down or count up to Christmas. Okay. So who would like to come? Would you two like to come this week? Yes. All right, Alexis, because you were out last week, weren't you? Mm-hmm. So let's see if we can do this. You can choose, but not the middle one. So you can light one each. Okay. So you're going to light the first one, okay? So we light the first light to say that we believe in the healing light of God. I think we'll cheat, will we? We'll do it this way. The light of God shows up our faults and failings. Dare we light the second candle? By its light, we. I'm going to. Oh, okay, we'll try. I think that's us. Yep. So by our light, by its light, we see forgiveness offered freely to us though it cost God everything. So we light the second candle to affirm that we believe in the power of forgiving love. Thank you. So let's now sing. We'll sing Shine Jesus Shine, the first verse and the chorus of number 448. Now we come to God in prayer. Let's pray. God, Father and Mother of us all, Creator of all that is, we gather wherever we are to worship you and to praise your holy name. God the Son, Jesus Christ our Saviour, we gather to give thanks for all you have done for us. In this season of Advent, we look back to your arrival as a tiny baby. We remember your death and resurrection, and we look forward to the coming of your kingdom. 
God, the Holy Spirit, our inner strength and power, we thank you for your presence with us, day by day, hour by hour. We gather as part of your living church. Lord Jesus, you are the head of your body, the church. And sometimes we can make it seem that church is all about us, who we are, what we believe and do, but in truth, it's always about you, Jesus. And so we come to give you honour and praise. We come to try to follow your example. We come to worship you. We come as we are to worship you. For God of humility, we are sorry for the times when we behave as if life was all about us. When we show off all we do and hide all that we neglect when we put others down instead of building them up, when we dwell on what others have done wrong with hardly a thought to our mistakes. Forgive us, we pray, and grant us the will to change and the courage to act after the example of John the Baptist who lived out his calling with faithfulness and courage, always pointing to your son, Jesus, in whom he trusted and in whose name we pray. Loving God, you promise us healing when we turn away from things that harm us. You promise us a welcome when we leave behind the things that separate us from you. You promise us forgiveness when we find the courage to name our sins. For you are full of love and long to see us whole, living life to the full, generously and compassionately. We pray that through the strength of your spirit, we would live as you would have us live, loving others in your name. And so hear us now as we pray in the words Jesus taught his friends. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Boys and girls, you put in a tremendous effort last week with your Christmas stall. Do you know how much money was raised? you think? How much? Can you remember? £550. Wasn't that wonderful? Absolutely wonderful. And that's to be shared between WaterAid and Guide Dogs for the Blind. That's a really great result. So I know, so a big thank you to the youngsters, their teachers and everyone who help them by providing some of the things that were sold and to everyone who bought and to all of you who bought the tablet before I got there. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> so, it's Advent and in Advent we make preparations for Christmas. Now I've got something in my bag to help me. Do you want to have a look at what's in my bag, Alexis? 
Okay, I'll put my bag down. Okay, and it says on it, to-do list. Okay, oh, so this is my list. Oh, here we are. This is my list. Do you know, when I was your age, have you written what you would like for Christmas yet? Not yet, no. The list of what I wanted for Christmas was about maybe this long. Okay, now the list of things I need to do and want to buy is this long. Wow, it took me a long time to write this list and I'd be lost without it, so I'm hanging on tight to it because I really need it. But on the top of my list, right at the very top, in big letters, is the most important thing I need to do, and it says up there, prepare my thoughts and hearts for celebrating Jesus' birthday. That's at the very top of my list. So, when you're making your list of things that you really need for Christmas, don't forget to include a loving, happy, thankful heart. And I think you were doing that last week when you were thinking of others with all your hard work. And remember, we give gifts at Christmas because Christmas is, well, what's Christmas all about? What do we celebrate at Christmas? Jesus' birthday. Christmas is a party for Jesus' birthday. Now, are you organised? Have you bought any presents yet? Not yet, no, no. But you know, the hardest part of buying the just the right gift for someone is once you've bought it and you've wrapped it all up, what do you really want to do with that present? You want to keep it, okay. <laughs> but sometimes if you've bought something really special that wouldn't work for you, but would work for whoever you've bought it for, you're desperate to give them it, aren't you? But it's also important that we look forward to things and anticipation is part of the joy, the fun. So this anticipation that we have in Advent, the looking forward, the lighting the candles, the counting down the weeks and the days. Do you do that with Advent calendars at home? Chocolate ones? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of that's a big part of Christmas. And like you, I can't wait to share the fun and the love and the warmth of this wonderful season because Jesus' birthday is coming. And in Advent, we're getting ready for that. So, we're getting ready. Now we're going to sing, and it is, I thought it was quite a good one, it's called Christmas is Coming, and it's number 282, and we'll sing the first three verses. Did you find it? Did you open it straight at that? How perfect. Oh, so hymn number 282, Christmas is Coming, and we'll sing verses one, two, and three.
And now we come to the intimations. Next Sunday, the 11th of December, we're going to be holding a blue Christmas service in the church at 2.30pm. This will be a quiet, reflective service when we will remember those who have died within the past year. But that service is open to everyone because I very much appreciate that at times this can be a difficult time of the year for people. And as I've said before, all are welcome, as all are welcome at all of our church activities. The community support team have highlighted a few dates. Next Sunday morning at morning worship, we hold our Christmas gift service, where you're welcome to bring any child's gift. It is easier if it is not wrapped and saves you a bit of work too. But it makes it easier for the folks who are distributing the gifts. Clotheslines donation, we can see the clotheslines growing by the day, groaning under the weight of warm hats, scarves, gloves, all things knitted, and that will run until the middle of January. And we're also collecting donations of toiletries and cleaning products until the middle of January as well. And as we heard with what the youngsters did, this is a generous church made up of generous people who think of others. And thank you for that. The Connect Hub meets this Tuesday, the 6th of December, at St George's Outreach Centre from 1.30 to 3pm for a carol service followed by snacks and fun. After that, the next Connect Hub will be on the 10th of January, the second Tuesday in January. There is a Bible study on Tuesday the 6th of December, again at the Outreach Centre at 7pm and again the next Bible study will be on the 2nd Tuesday in January 2023. Carol service, the Guilds Together Carol service will be held here tomorrow afternoon at 2pm. All are welcome to come and take part. Have a good sing. Tea, coffee and shortbread will be served in the large hall following the service. The Guild Christmas dinner next Monday, the 12th of December. And a note here asking that everyone who's going to the Guild Christmas dinner meet in the north transept after the service. The Flower Committee have left on the table the list of Sunday dates for donations of flowers from January to June of next year. The Ministry of Flowers is a very valuable part of our ministry. Those of us in church love to see the flowers, but that's nothing to how they make someone feel when somebody arrives at their door with a bunch of flowers from their church. So if you can help with that, if you want a particular date, the list is there. Bubblegum and Fluff, would all those involved in Bubblegum and Fluff meet briefly in the small hall immediately after the service? And from the Boys' Brigade, last night the company helped load over 70 red bags of joy for the night before Christmas campaign. What a wonderful display of a BB company and their church working together for the good of the, their community. We've been told that the bags will all be delivered locally and as a result, more than 70 individuals will have a happier Christmas. A sincere thank you to everyone who contributed in any way. 
These are all the intimations. So we turn now to scripture and our scripture will be read for us this morning by one of our elders and a member of the choir, Stuart. Let us hear the word of God. The first lesson is contained in the book of the prophet Isaiah, reading in chapter 11 from verse 1 to verse 10. The royal line of David is like a tree that has been cut down, but just as new branches sprout from a stump, so a new king will arise from among David's descendants. The Spirit of the Lord will give him wisdom and the knowledge and skill to rule his people. He will know the Lord's will and have reverence for him and find pleasure in obeying him. He will not judge by appearance or hearsay. He will judge the poor fairly and defend the rights of the helpless. At his command, the people will be punished and evil persons will die. He will rule his people with justice and integrity. Wolves and sheep will live together in peace, and leopards will lie down with goats. Calves and lion cubs will feed together, and little children will take care of them. Cows and bears will eat together, and their calves and cubs will lie down in peace. Lions will eat straw as cattle do. Even a baby will not be harmed if it plays near a poisonous snake. On Zion, God's sacred hill, there will be nothing harmful or evil. The land will be full as full of knowledge of the Lord as the seas are full of water. And a New Testament letter, lesson is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, reading chapter 3, from verse 1 to verse 12. At that time, John the Baptist came to the desert of Dijia and started preaching. Turn away from your sins, he said, because the kingdom of heaven is near. John was the man the prophet Isaiah was talking about when he said, Someone is shouting in the desert, Prepare a road for the Lord, make a straight path for him to travel. John's clothes were made of camel's hair. He wore a leather belt round his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. People came to him from Jerusalem, from the whole province of Judea and from all the country near the river Jordan. They confessed their sins and he baptized them in the Jordan. When John saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming to him to be baptized, he said to them, You snakes, who told you that you could escape from the punishment God is about to send? Do those things that will show that you have turned from your skills. And don't think you can escape punishment by saying that Abraham is your ancestor. I will tell you 
that God can take these stones and make descendants for Abraham. The axe is ready to cut down the trees at the roots. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. I baptize you with water to show that you have repented. But the one who will come after me will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He is much greater than I am, and I am not good enough even to carry his sandals. He has his winnowing shovel with him to thresh out all the grain. He will gather his wheat into his barn, but he will burn the chaff in a fire that never goes out. May God bless to these readings that we might understand his holy word. Amen. Thank you, Stuart. We continue in our worship by singing hymn 474, Hail to the Lord's Anointed, hymn 474.
This morning, we've heard the words of two prophets. So let's think about Isaiah and John the Baptist, but in reverse order. Often we consider John the Baptist through and because of his relationship to Jesus. Remember, John's mother, Elizabeth, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, were related, sometimes said to be cousins. But today's gospel reading gives us an opportunity to look at John's character in its own right and to consider him as a role model. John is a complex character. And in this passage, we see passion and humility, courage, and maybe even aggression. But there is also simplicity, integrity, and strength. And when John spoke, he preached a radical message, a message of challenge, particularly to the religiously confident, a message of repentance. Now, repentance is one of those words, one of those words that can be easily misused, even abused, and of which people, we can be a bit fearful But repentance, properly understood, is a life-giving and liberating word. If we turn to Greek, it means a radical changing of mind and consequent behaviour, and in Hebrew, a return. So it's a positive meaning. People heard John's message, and they responded. And those who responded to John's message did so through the symbol of baptism. For they came to John to be baptised. And then, once they were baptised, they bore fruit, the fruit of a changed life. And throughout Matthew's Gospel, the key test, if you like, of repentance and authentic, genuine discipleship is not words, it's not symbolic acts. It's the fruit of holiness seen in day-to-day living and relationships. And John's challenge to bear fruit worthy of repentance echoes down through the centuries to us today. And we'll think maybe a wee bit more about how we bear fruit or how we can bear fruit later. As I've said, John the Baptist was different. Let's start with how he was dressed. Okay, so he had a belt. Maybe the sort of thing that you might get at Marks and Spencers. But camel's hair, clothes made of camel's hair. When did you last see any of that for sale at Brayhead or Silverburn? And what about his food? Locusts and wild honey. Wild honey, we might manage to track down at Holland and Barrett. But locusts, locusts. And the way John spoke was different too, referring to the Pharisees and Sadducees as snakes. Snakes? Charming man. Surely not the sort of language you would use if you wanted people to be your friends. And it's not just the way he spoke, it's what he said too. For John, John was on a mission and he had a message. The message Repent and turn from your sins. Repent, a little two-syllable word, and one that can be used quite a lot in church. But as I've said already, it can confuse 
and maybe even frighten some people. But it shouldn't do. Repent, it means to change direction or to change our minds. John, well, John wanted people to change the way they thought and lived so that they and others could experience the kingdom of heaven here on earth. If John were here today, do you think he would say the same thing to us? I'm sure he would. Through our reading, maybe he's saying, get ready, change the way you think and live so that you and all people can enjoy God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, right here, right now. Get back in touch with God's way of thinking and see the difference that makes to your life and to the lives of others too. That's what John's saying. But don't worry, we don't have to wear camels here or eat locusts to do it. For Matthew, the kingdom of heaven is a down-to-earth concept. He wants to see heaven on earth. As we prayed earlier in the Lord's Prayer, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Isaiah, well, the reading that Stuart read for us, what an idyllic vision of a heavenly earth characterised by peace and harmony throughout creation. So let's just think a wee bit more about that passage. In this, we've heard of a world so far removed from our current world. It is, if you like, beautiful, poetic visions of a dream world that never has been and never will be realised in the world as we know it. No amount of genetic engineering is going to turn a lion or a wolf vegetarian. And even if that did happen, the new creature, well, it would be so far removed from the old that it would have to be declared a new species. The nursing child might well be safe playing beside the snake's nest, but it would be a brave mother who put the promise to the test. And any church promoting such ideas would instantly fall foul of PVG legislation, as I'm sure Jean would rightly remind us. But these words, these words of Isaiah, they are poetic hyperbole, an exaggerated statement, prophetic encouragement, not a prediction of future reality in our lifetime on earth. And things may be so bad for Isaiah's people in exile that the prospect of living in peace and freedom, the prospect of living in peace and freedom seems as remote as the kid snuggling up to the leopard, or the cow and the bear munching happily in the same field of grass. Isaiah, Isaiah the prophet, wants everyone, wants his people to know, wants everyone to know that with God, anything is possible. For anything to happen, for this to happen, what needs to happen? An inspirational leader will appear one who is so closely in tune with God that his judgments are entirely fair and just. He's not swayed by what he sees or hears from the world around him, but is guided by God's spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, which rests upon him. And this is the Messiah, the Messiah foretold by Isaiah, a Messiah who will bring radical change to the world. A Messiah who will bring God's kingdom closer. 
So let's just think a little about how we might interpret this message from Isaiah. Let's listen in on two folks discussing this challenging passage. It's this guy, Isaiah. He must have been on some hallelujah, hallelujah, of drugs when he wrote some of this. Come on, have you read this passage for today about wolves and lambs playing hide and seek with one another? Hungry cats turning down a free meal of a baby goat and putting a child in charge of wild and ferocious beasts. Then he, Isaiah, comes away with the idea that it would be fine to leave your tiny baby playing in a pit of poisonous snakes. He just has to be on something. I cannot believe that something like this could ever happen. Let me try and explain what I think it means. Remember your Auntie Jean? Oh, don't remind me. I remember her being horrible to me. Don't touch this. Don't do that. Don't do this. She was called Auntie Don't in the family. Aye, she could be pretty ferocious with her possessions. And she used to be quite mean, nasty and horrible to people. She was like that because she herself had had a pretty horrible life. And no one ever showed her much kindness as a child. She was often beaten by her parents when she was younger. She never trusted anyone until we, Mrs. McGlumford, moved into the house next door and became her friend. I, Mrs. McGlumford, was a lovely wee woman, always kind and generous to all the wains at church. Yes, that's right. Well, Mrs. McGlumford was kind to your Auntie Jean too. She was not afraid of her like everybody else. And she did some lovely things for Jean, like bake her wee cakes and fetch bits of shopping for her and arranged for her husband to cut Jean's grass when he was cutting theirs. <coughs> Do you remember how your Auntie Jean began to change? Because she was being treated with kindness and love. Her heart began to melt a bit because somebody looked at her differently and didn't listen to all the stories that went about the street about your Auntie Jean. Aye, some folk called her a witch and would cross over the road when they saw her coming. They did, but Mrs. McGlumford never did stuff like that. She tried to look at everybody through God's eyes and found good in them somewhere. And she nurtured the goodness in them till it began to take root in the person. She got your Auntie Jean involved in baking. And Auntie Jean started giving you cakes. Oh, aye, her apple pies, they were amazing. Not only did she start to bake, but she became a different kind of person towards the end. She herself became more compassionate, more caring and more understanding. Aye, so she did. Now, what Isaiah is maybe saying to us is this morning is that we need to learn to look at life differently. Find the goodness in people and nurture it, encourage it, water it until it begins to grow and transform itself from being like a weed to being like a beautiful flower. All of us have the potential to be something special because that is what God wants for us. So when Jesus comes into the world, he took on all the bad things we did and he forgave us. 
He gave us the Holy Spirit to nurture the gifts God had planted within us. And he prays that we will bear good fruit to the world. Jesus, Jesus was the change maker, just like Mrs. McLumford became a change maker to Auntie Jean. I, I think that is the point Isaiah is making, that Jesus could be a change maker for all of us, that we can become more like him. Then we'll see the world and people through the eyes of Jesus and things might begin to change. Jesus, the change maker, foretold by Isaiah and by John the Baptist. Jesus, Jesus whose love changes everyone who welcomes him into the world. Amen. We worship God in the hymn 291, which talks of change. When out of poverty is born, hymn 291. forward as the choir sing the anthem. When we bring forward our offerings, remember that we are offering to God not just these token gifts of money, but we're offering to him 
our lives, our service, our God-given skills and talents. And it's always good to think of just what we can offer to God to make this world a better place so that we prepare the way for the Lord coming again. And now the choir will sing the anthem. prayers this morning will be led for us by Stuart. Let us dedicate our offering and then follow that with our prayers for others. Let us pray. On this bleak midwinter's day, as we live in the anticipation of the birth of Jesus. We remember those wise men who more than 2,000 years ago laid their gifts before the Christ child. Heavenly Father, we come now to lay before you our gifts, a portion of our riches. Help us to use them for the furtherance of your purpose in this place and for the benefit of those in need. Love came down at Christmas, God's great gift to all mankind, his only son, Jesus Christ. And this love we share as we offer our prayers for others by following Jesus' great commandment to love your neighbor as you love yourself. We pray for those who are sick in body or mind. Be with all who tend them with love and patience. Give support to the scientists who seek treatments for those illnesses for which we have no cure. We remember those who are nearing the end of life's journey. May we walk their last steps with them with kindness and gentleness. We pray for those who mourn the loss of a loved one. We may find it difficult to find the right words and walk by on the other side, but we are sure that you will be at our side and guide us as we share their sorrow. We pray for those who are lonely. It is a tragedy of modern urban society 
that many life, many live their lives in isolation with no family or friends. How often do we hear of someone who has died and not been missed until weeks later? May we be a friend to the friendless. We pray for those who live in fear, fear of violence in the home or on the streets, fear of not having sufficient money, food or heat. May we be able to help in some little way by a reassurance and advice that help can be found. We pray for the homeless, whether our own citizens or those who are fleeing war or oppression. Are we able to offer them something better than a stable bear or an overcrowded camp? A gift of some of our excess belongings or overindulgence on the internet? or a contribution to crisis at Christmas. We pray for the hungry of the world. Who cannot be unmoved by the appalling scenes of famine in Somalia? I expect we can all remember the song, Feed the World, and that was 1984. And here we are again with the spectre of famine stalking Africa. Let us hope and pray that the people of the world will be shamed again into a response. We pray for our congregation and all the churches in Scotland as we strive to create a sustainable presence throughout the country. May we respect each other's point of view and show sympathy for those who feel the loss of their identity. We pray for this land of ours. May all those in authority be guided by Christian values and serve with honour and integrity. We pray for the peaceful resolution of all the industrial action. May all the interactions between us take place without bitterness or anger and not be influenced by race, religion or gender. Love came down at Christmas. Love shall be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and all men. Amen. Thank you, Stuart. We close our service of worship this morning by singing hymn 472, Come Thou Long Expected Jesus, hymn 472.
kingdom of heaven is at hand, but God needs our hands to help build it. Renewed, transformed, and with zeal restored, go, build the kingdom here and now. Prepare the way of the Lord and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, rest and remain with each one of you and all those whom you love this day and forevermore. Amen.